and I'm with Brother Sam Kamal, mm -hmm. and Sister Patricia, mm -hmm. that. and we're starting a new show today, it's called The Real Word. So basically, we're going to talk about issues that we can't talk about in church from the youth point of view, and I brought some influential individuals that's representing, I guess, the youth, and we're going to talk about some of them. So guys, you can introduce yourselves and tell the people a little bit about the thing. Well, my name is Santa Camo. Um, you guys know me as Santa Camo. I'm, um, I have an organization that I started about a couple of years ago called Fields and Accounts that I Love Now. We do a lot of things for the community. We have raised money for people who are in need, um, those who have Lyme disease, those who have cancer. And we just believe in just giving back to the community by showing love through action because love is all about action. So I'm all about community service. I'm all about teaching God's word. I'm all about inspiring young people and people in the community and at large to just make a difference in the same time. Alright, so my name is Patricia, like I have a card set and um, I attend Ebenezer Center this year. Um, and uh, I'm also part of the Franklin Haitian Youth Federation and I'm the assistant campus uh, ministry coordinator. So, I like to do many things. I'm, I just like to dabble in other uh, aspects of life. I love outreach. Um, I love just um, fellowshipping with other people, other churches. I just love doing these things, helping others, just making a difference, just like standards. So um, when Ricard reached out to me, I thought this was a great opportunity to just uh, express myself so that um, those people who could hear the way that I do, understand that they're not alone. And that's usually why they feel a little bit more distant from church people or just any other Christian body because they feel like nobody can relate to them the way that they feel. So, right. Oh, we also wanted to add also with open honor that um, Ricard reached out to me and to Patricia. Really appreciate his vision, his fire, and his passion. And we decided what God is about to do. Okay. So the plan is basically to get influential youth, I guess youth that are known within the community, and then we're going to talk about the talk show settings. Almost like an interview setting, such as club or whatever you want to call it. And we're just going to talk about real things. So every week we're going to bring different guests to the show, and then we're going to talk about different topics. The different topics that we talk about, we're going to discuss it amongst ourselves. We're always going to have a female point of view and different point of view from different groups and different walks of life. That way it's more dynamic. We're not trying to be boring. We're not trying to be like stagnant. We're not trying to be too, you know, 50 50 like church. So today's topic is why do I believe in God? Like I know the year 2017 where it's kind of taboo to even say that you're a Christian, but then again, it's always been taboo to say you're a Christian, right? Ever since the time of Jesus, you could say that. It was almost a crime. And today, nowadays, where a lot of things are accepted in today's world, being a Christian, I guess, is not cool amongst people. What do you think about that? Being a Christian, she felt the same The question is, what does it mean to be a Christian? You know, uh, so many people say it, but it's not just about saying it, it's about being it. Are you? Are you really a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? You can just say it, but do your actions show that you are a Christian? And if not, then why do you say it's a Christian? I think when you're dealing with millennials, I think, I think everybody, I mean, this is a society, basically, you know, whatever you feel you want to do, you want to do it, basically. And I think from a secular aspect, focus of secular people outside from church, um, you know, day to day, People are looking for this realness. Whatever you say that you are, you have to be whatever you say that you are. And I don't think the word Christianity is, 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 is a bad thing. I think what people are looking for is whatever we say that we are. If we say we're really about Christ, you know, where's the love of God? Where's the community service? And I think that's what we need to do at the church. We need to be more community oriented. We need to be more love driven and love focused. And I'm not saying for us to, to condone sin, you know what I'm saying? The different alternatives that people choose to live. But I'm saying that we need to really be out there, hands on. 
especially with Trumpism, especially with racism on the rise, especially with so many negativity on the rise. People want to see if you're really a Christian, are you really about that life? So why do you believe in God? I believe in God because God has saved me from mental breakdown. I have I believe in God because um, if it wasn't for him, I would have been in the street. If I had Brooklyn, um, I would have got caught up into drug activity. I would have got caught up into drug activity. And I've experienced God not just from a church perspective. I've experienced God in a personal way because I think what he's done for me. Um, I buried like 20 of my friends from gun violence and I know how traumatic it, it was for me and traumatic it was for my brother and my family and my friends and um, seeing what God has done for me has blessed me. Not only has it blessed me, it has blessed everyone that I have encountered and, and, has, and, um, and it has touched them in so many different ways because they're inspired by transitioning from the old standard so I know God is real because I had to experience God for myself outside of church because I wasn't in church, but I wasn't really about church. Or let me phrase it, I really wasn't really about God. So when I experienced God, it was a love revolution. It was a love transformation. So I know that God is real, and I'm 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 encouraged. I'm encouraging each and every one of you guys to not just serve the God of your mother, it's the God of your father, because salvation is personal and salvation is selfish. When I say salvation is personal, if you choose to God and it's selfish that your mother or your father will never give the seed for you for heaven so they can go to hell for you. So, um, when you serve God personally, on a personal, in-depth level, talking to him, listening to him, following his guidance, following his counsel, following his precepts, it saves you from yourself. It saves you from, from mentally. It saves you salvation wise. It saves you in all aspects. So try God. Give him a try. Well, Patricia, name a time in life where God proved his power to you. Um, talking about God gives me a God is just amazing. So, um, he does this time and time again. I, for those who know me from a, 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 a um, academic standpoint, I have a breakdown every semester. I feel like it, you know, it, it takes a hold on me, um, you know, uh, in every aspect of my spiritual life as well. So, um, sometimes when God is speaking to you, all you have to do is just listen. All you have to do is just stop and, you know, be still and just look around and, you know, pay attention. And sometimes he reminds you to pay attention. And in so many instances, he's shown me, uh, for example, in school, I remember uh, one semester, I had, uh, I had, uh, I wanted to test something out. So I was like, I asked my mom why. Um, I don't think I was raising my hand after my mom to say, oh, can I have some lunch money or something like that? And she was like, you know, um, for those who are Haitian, they understand. Jerry says, no, I'm not going to go. I don't have money. You know, and, and you didn't even try to look. But you know what? I was going to stress out, and I didn't ask her twice. I asked her once, and I said, okay, thank you. And I left. And I stood in front of my door uh, after I locked the door to leave, and I prayed to God. I said, God, you know the better. I don't have any money, and I believe in you. Please, just bless me so others can see the blessing that you have in me, so that they can believe through my blessings, they can believe in me. Um, so I left the house with no money, and I didn't even have money to get back home from school. But I didn't so I just went to school, and uh, I did a few things. Um, it was final week, and then. Uh, as I finished my finals, I asked me this girl on the floor to tell me, I'm going to, to do something on the computer. And she was so flustered. And I said, I'm okay. 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 And I
because of one thing, you know, or, or not to be where you want to be because of one thing. Yeah. So, um, she got to find the lady to send the papers to the professor. And she came back to me. And my dad didn't know her. She came back to me, so happy, and she told me, thank you, thank you. And she um, tried to, you know, hold my hand to give me something. And I realized it was money. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't help you to take it. I didn't help you in order to receive money. And she, um, she was not having it. She was like, no, you're going to take this, and you're going to take it. And I was like, no, I'm here to help you because I want to help you. But then, you know, my stomach started to growl because I didn't eat the whole day. And I think that was another sign from God, like, okay, hello, wake up. <laughs> this is the money that you asked for this morning, wake up. You know, so then I realized, like, God, God not only sustained me with, like, a day's worth of money, but it was a week's worth, you know. And all I asked for was for the day, you know. So in, in many different instances, even if it's not money, um, it, it's just in, in life in general, academics, spirituality, whatever it is, he has just shown me who he is. Even when I, you know, when I step out of faith, he's like, uh, do you remember who you are? Do you remember who I am? Okay, I'm not to tell you. You know, and this is all these instances, it always reminds me that God is God. He always will be. There is a God. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like my life itself can be a living testimony to me. I'll tell myself one day I'm going to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> like, I started writing the book because of a course of marathon and my education. Life is not a race, it's more like a marathon. It doesn't matter, like, when you finish, as long as you finish, you know? Mm-hmm. And marathons are not easy. They're often hard, you know. Sometimes you get dehydrated. Sometimes you get tired. Sometimes you get busy. Like a lot of things happen. Like with me, I grew up in the church. I was. I grew. I knew. I knew religion through my family, basically. You know, like all of us. You know, we grew up in church based on our parents taking us to church and stuff like that. But. It's only up until you become an adult that you realize the need. Like, you go from waking up early every Saturday morning, you basically go to church because your parents wake you up, your parents go to dress, your parents buy you the shoes or the dresses, you play the morning, you go to church. Then when you get older, and you understand the responsibility of not only being a Christian, but sharing the word of Christ with others around you and bringing other people to Christ. And, like, my life played a big part of me, like, my spiritual awakening in, in a sense when I first met her like we met casually like I met her while I was shopping and then like we just started talking and then from there like we started to hang out and then I used to tell her I can't hang out with you on Saturdays and she's like why you got a girlfriend or something and I'm like no I go to church and she's like you go to church like I don't believe you I'm like yeah I go to church I go to church every Saturday like every Saturday I'm like yeah it's like okay one day I'm gonna come with you I'm like yeah whatever so like one day she's like, I'm coming with you, and then she came with me, and then ever since then she's been coming with me every single Saturday up until today. And then through me teaching her the word, like I became more involved into church. And then as I evolved more into church, mm-hmm. everybody that looks up to me, not only in church, but outside of church, like you know, mm-hmm. in the streets <laughs> and everything else, they started to come and they started to like support the movement, and the movement grew. Like, I was never expecting it to grow like this, but like everybody that I knew from everywhere, from, from school, from work, from wherever I knew them from, they would come and support me when I had these events. And like, like a lot of people made their ministry, created their ministry from our ministry. And you know, if it was the way you measure your success is by the amount of people that you're able to bless. Mm-hmm. Like, so when people come, like, oh, it's hard to think for that, or you missed out, or oh, you're doing something good, like, mm-hmm. like, all right, whatever I preach, I preach too hard. How I felt and stuff that happened. I shared my life, like I opened up not only my heart, but my life to the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And like for thousands of people to watch and to listen to my message and for to spread, like it was a blessing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, me and her got baptized together, like, and then we got married, you know? Like, God knows what He's doing, you know? They call the master architect. He doesn't make mistakes for anything that He did for a reason. And it's a blessing, you know, I could have been dead a long time ago. Like, I know people mm-hmm. say I couldn't say, but 
because they feel like nobody's there for them. Exactly. So if they're not there for them, you know, sometimes that's what makes them um, just question God too. Is God there for me? You know, if these people are supposed to bring me to God and they're not, where is God to bring me to Him? So this is why, <laughs> this is why I heavily, you know, whatever I say, I watch what I say. If I'm going to ask you how are you, I'm going to stand there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for your response. Whether or not you walk away, I was here. You know, um, sometimes we don't even want to say how we are because we're hurting so much inside. Sometimes you just got to read between the lines. Sometimes you just got to look at their eyes. Their eyes are the answer sometimes, you know, and we, we tend to miss out on that because we're distracted. We're looking sideways. We're not paying attention. And sometimes we, we're paying attention to the wrong thing. You know, you're on Instagram, but the person next to you thought about suicide three or four times mm, while true. the pastor's preaching. That's true. You know, and the pastor talking about he was perfect ever since he was born, you know. <laughs> so nothing in this church relates to that person that's suffering inside. Yeah. And they got to endure this every Saturday. Why come? Every, whenever they, they, they go to church, why come? What's the point? <laughs> not even, you know, it's not even just a child. It's like, like you said, you saw earlier, like an outcast. You're there, but you're not there. You're not there spiritually. You're not there mentally. Mm-hmm. Mentally, why are you there? You know, this is why, you know, those uh, preteens, those kids growing up, when they get the chance to leave, they will. Yeah. If they don't have that foundation, if they don't have that, that friendship, that love now, when will they get it? And, and that's why it's very key that you have to really apply what the Word of God teaches is very imperative and very essential because a lot of our young people are leaving and we have to hold ourselves accountable. The leaders have to hold themselves accountable. The families have to hold themselves accountable. You know, going back, are you having devotion at your house with your family? Are you praying? Are you reading the Word? Are you um, giving back to the community? Those things, all, all eyes, all seeds need to be crossed out when it comes to that. Um, so many people, you don't even understand how many people are actually hurting inside. Oh, a lot of people are hurting. You know, um, a lot of people are hurting. Somebody said on Facebook, actually, because it's real. Suicide is real. Suicide is real. Suicide is real. I mean, a lot of people in church that were suppressed a lot. That dealt with the question and everything else, and then people would just ignore them or they'd be like, Oh, you don't know what you're doing, what's wrong with you, what's wrong with you. But a lot of times it stems from like deeper issues, like sometimes it stems from issues at home, things that they might be going through with their family, stuff that like people don't really want to talk about. Like, there's a lot of things that goes on in our church that we don't talk about as very taboo. But this is the thing, you know, I feel like, um, this is the way things are. People don't understand that church is supposed to be like a safe haven. You know, even if you have problems going on at home, mm-hmm. school, probably dropped out three, four times, nobody knows. When you get to church, that's where you should feel at home. Because it's, you know, your second home, probably your first home, you know, where you feel at peace. When I go to church, I feel at peace. And this can happen. You know, you don't know how, how much you know, I dread Sunday nights into Monday mornings because I start to week over and I'm I'm here contemplating waiting for Friday night because I know that I don't have to worry about homework. I don't have to worry about nothing at work. I don't have to worry about any of that because I'm not going to church the next day and I don't have to worry about any of that because that's my day of life. So that's why I feel so at ease. You know, so if somebody isn't feeling this way, the question is why? Sometimes, you know, we have all these members in our church Funny enough, I love small churches. I love my church. My church is small, and I love it. Mm-hmm. See, I know every last member, you know, and if I want to have the one you know, I want with them, I can. You know, you could do that with big churches too, but sometimes you may never get to know all of your members. There's just so many of them. It's like a revolving door. Two people are always in and out, and even though we want, we want all of them in, you know, that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. The question is why, and there's so many answers to that. Mm-hmm. But um, um, all those people that you can reach, mm, how can you reach it? That's true. You know, uh, how can you reach them? Will you reach them is the question. And um, there's so many people, uh, mm. I feel like church in itself, so like there's some people in these churches, they just believe in, in, in attendance, they believe in numbers, you know, but I think that these numbers, um, these numbers fluctuate. Why do they fluctuate? Because of your actions. 
Mm. You know, how consistent are we? I can't just blame them. I have to blame me. I have to blame me because church is a family. Family, you know, we are united. We are one. So if they're leaving, why are they leaving? Is it my fault? Well, they're leaving for so many reasons. They're leaving because of legalism. They're leaving because... Explain for the people what legalism is. Um, legalism is basically um, a set of rules that has nothing to do with the Word of God at all and is based on tradition. And they place the superior than the Word of God. That's heavy in the Haitian church. That's heavy in the Haitian church. That's also heavy in also certain American churches as well, too. Yeah, that's been a um, um, certain um, Adventist American churches as well, too. And I think that's really the issue. And going as what you're saying, my sister, um, lack of family, you know what I'm saying? Being family oriented. I'm with you 100%. Lack of family. Um, I mean, just us. I think some of us really don't know what is the mission, what is the focal point, what is the aim of us being church. First and foremost, please ask ourselves, is the church in the building? Because the Bible tells you that the church is me, the church is you. The Bible has a few guys in this morning, in the midst and everything like that. And also to find out what is our mission? What has God has called us to do? Why do we come every Sabbath? Or why do we come every Sabbath for those who Why do you go there every Sunday? And are we just here just to come here just to fellowship. I mean that that that's part of it. Or is it bigger than is, is it bigger than just coming just to fellowship? Because fellowship is a part of that as well too. So those those are the type of questions that we have to ask ourselves. For me when when I read the Bible and I study the Bible, for me, I've noticed that um, when you look at the book of Acts, the church was 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 is a people who would come together, like if you would lack something, I would be able to have you. Or if she would be able to lack something, she would be able to have you. We understand together. And also to um, the church, we the church, we are we are the light of God. So we show the light of God. We show the love of God, the light of God through action. So there's so many needs in our community that a lot of our churches are not tapping in. And I, and I believe that we as a church, especially with everything going on right now, we have a, a perfect opportunity to showing the love of God through action and meeting the needs of people, because that's how you're going to bring people in. It's not just preaching, singing, um, concerts, which those things are not those things are not bad. However, we need to be more mission oriented. We need to be an army going out there and really meeting tangible needs of people, and that's how you're going to get people. And I feel like a lot of times there are people who are in our church. They are lazy and they are complacent. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They're not about that life. They're not about giving back. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong. I'm going to put myself out there because I put myself out there. I'm not, I ain't no saint, you know? I have flaws. Every man has flaws. You feel what I'm saying? However, because God has called me and God has called everybody else, we have a mission. We have a mission. God has given us a passion and we have a mission to show the world. I mean to show the world, but to reach out to the people that we meet every day to meet the needs of people. And I think that I, I, I don't think that once we figure that out, I know that once we figure that out, I'm telling you, we will be able to move forward. Because Jesus was all about moving forward. Jesus was all about making things happen. Jesus was all about moving forward. I don't want to be in the camera. Go ahead, bro. Like, I once read a quote and it said that church is not a museum for perfect people. It's hospital for the broken. And like, Jesus once said this, that men judges each other by the outward appearance. Yes, sir. But God judges us by what's on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, by the heart. I think that's why today's churches have so much issues because we're trying to look for perfect people to join our church. Or mm -hmm. people that look perfect on the outside. And like people yeah, are outside of the church that looks like they need the most help, you know, the ones that are looked down upon, the vagabonds or whatever you want to call them, the ones that are committing crime, the ones that are doing all type of stuff. Those are the people that need the word of God. Those are the people that actually need God to come mm -hmm. and save them or give them the word, or give them the testimony, be like, hey, I'm not square, I just go to church and I think I'm better than you, this and that. Like, no, I was there at one time too, and this is the change that God did in me. Look, I'm a real one just like you. Like, 
Don't take it as I'm gonna look down upon you and be like, oh, bad, 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 bad. I'm good, 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 good. Like, no, I was once there with you, and this is how I recovered and am the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. You too can do it as well. I feel like a lot of people in church are bougie, like they're stuck up, they think they're better than other people, they look down on people. I agree. And they're not gonna put themselves in that position where they're gonna go to like a homeless shelter, or they're not even gonna go to like a project building. I agree. They're not gonna go outside to like I a homeless agree. Home. Even if a church is located in the hood, they're not gonna go outside to the I hood agree. and tell somebody, oh, come inside. Like, no, oh, this person like a bum, their pants are sagging, or oh, this girl got her breast out, this person's skirt is too short. I agree. We, they can't come in our church. This or not, they started left, they can't kind of drop and this My and that. God. But yet, God said, come as you are. Because once the word of God comes inside of them and they realize what they're doing is not right, they're going to change. That's the way how people that baptized, they were once at that place, and then they took baptism and invited God into their life. My God. But I mean, over, you know, over some time, though, um, we removed. Sure, we are churches, not just send us to. Um, why, why do we care how they act? It's, it's not about, you know, the salvation is personal. So if, you know, so if we do have these, you know, busy people in these churches, that's the, that's on them, you know. I feel like sometimes some of these people don't even know how they're acting. They honestly may not even know. Some of them, I didn't say all of them, some of them don't even understand what they're doing and, and how what do you think do you honestly think so no i and i don't think for everybody some people okay. they don't know how much they're actually hurting everybody else they don't know how detrimental their actions are towards other people they obviously i'm don't. gonna give you i'm gonna give you a perfect example right this example from the bible remember when they brought the prostitute to jesus christ they said under the laws of Moses, this woman is punishable by death and then jesus started writing in the and then the same started writing at third. Yeah, yes, sir. And then no one knows what he was writing at the time. Like, there's different people out there. Maybe he's writing the sins of the different Pharisees or whatever he was mm-hmm. writing. And he said, let whatever man without sin cast the first stone. So, yeah. That's the same thing that's going on today. If people, if people in church school talk bad about your kids, meanwhile, their kids are doing all kinds of foolish things. And they're intentional. And they're talking about it. Jesus didn't them. Are you without sin? Cast the first stone at her. So they needed that reminder. You see, this is what I'm saying, like these people too, they may not, they need that reminder. This is, God is always reminding us about things in so but, many different aspects. But I'm with the Adventist, what they're saying, the thing is that the, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were intentional in regards to what they were doing to put Jesus into trouble. You know what I'm saying? They were intentional. They were intentional. They were. They knew exactly what they were doing, and they wanted Jesus to 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 be stoned to death. And like Ricard said, like I said, there are those that are very intentional, intentional, and being manipulative. And because they're intentional, they're being manipulative. They're allowing the devil to use them. You know what I'm saying? To come in to doing more damage to people. There are those who are intentional. And I and I agree with um, my brother about that 100. percent You know, especially especially being a, a minister, because I, I see things in another perspective in regards to that. But I understand. Well, he, okay. I guess you know why I feel a little different because I after some time I just start focusing about um on the lives. No, I agree. You know, I start focusing on the other these other members who are. Um, giving nothing. I agree. Uh, you know, like like we did establish salvation and personal for whatever they want to do with their life, whatever they done. So as a as a person, I know how I want to be treated. So this is why, you know, when I meet new visitors that come into the church, I know how to treat them because this is how I want to be treated. You know, what will make somebody stay? Show them love. That's be their true. friend. You know, it's, it's it's the simplest of things. There's some, you know, like you stated earlier, this, you know, if you look a certain way, you can't be there. You act a certain way, you can't be there. But you know what? It takes time for people to change. It takes time for people just to understand why um, things have to be that they need. Especially if their life depended upon it? So, 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 so what do we do with a person who leads the lifestyle, who is ahead of the game and is leading the lifestyle, but he doesn't have a clue? What do we do with that situation? I think all our lives depend on it in a certain way. Because mm-hmm. what that mm-hmm. thing what that thing is our internal soul, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's a game it's either heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no in between. And I think like the more people that we save, like the better it is for us. You know? Mm-hmm. Because us as Christians, 
supposed to bring more people. To, you can't blame him. You know, but he can use us yeah. Yeah, as an instrument to be saved. Yeah. I feel like wow. someone that's going through through that situation where like they're in that life and they're in a gang or whatnot, like you should just walk away. Not saying that you can walk away, you won't be no no repercussions. I'm saying you could walk away in the sense that I don't think that situation, you just gotta leave that neighborhood. No, of course, of course, of course. Because if you're in the same environment, you go through the same things every day, every day, every day, every day, if that was a lie, you're gonna tempt you. No, if you're gonna tempt you, other people are gonna come and they're gonna attack you, and you're gonna have to react a certain way. Of course. But I'm just talking about how about those people who's leaving life? Because I know I, I have friends who want to leave their life alone. They're, they're solidified in the neighborhood, they have no issues. but. For example, I brought people in, in in churches where there's, I mean, like, I don't mind. I mean, at the end of the day, you are in church. You are in the presence of God. I don't care if you don't have a food. Come just the way that you are. Because because you made the intent in your mind. You're saying, yo, listen, today, I'm going to the house of God. I need prayer. Okay. By default, okay, you smoke weed. All right. You gangbang. All right, we get the point. But for you, for you cognitively to say, yo, bro, yo, pastor, I want to go, yo, why didn't wake me up early this morning to go to, for me to go to church with you? That to me, that is major. That's major. That's major. The Holy Spirit is working. At the end of the day, I don't care about, yo, bro, before I go in, um, let me smoke my weed. Smoke your weed. That's fine. No, for real. Yo, I'll keep it a buck fifty. Smoke your weed. You can smoke your weed. I'm, I'm not, and, I, and I'm not. Listen, look it up. I'm not condoning the real word. I'm not condoning that you have to smoke weed for the Christians. I'm talking about for those who want to get their lives to die. And if for those who are struggling smoking weed, we pray for you because we all have our vices and our struggles. But yo, you know, you, you know, I know, I know guys like yo, bro. I'm, I'm coming to your church today. I'm gonna go to church today. But bro, let me smoke this split. I'm not there, you feel me? Even though I used to smoke, I'm not there. They smoke, they split, but they come to church and they get a word and they shout hallelujah and they say thank you, Jesus, and they want to change their lives because my big kids, they want to get around the sources and like that. So my thing, I think is that we as a church, in general, we have to be more mission-oriented and more mission-focused. I think that we have lost our mission. We have lost our focal point. And, and I commend amazing people like yourself and amazing people like yourself who understand that there's a mission, but we need to be more mission only because a lot of people not only are lost in our community, but also lost in our church. You know, I, um, I read something that says you become like the five main people that you hang out with. That's true. Right? So, that's true. Honestly, let's say the way that, that you guys are, you know, I believe that there's somebody that's minded like you guys. And you too. Like, you're official too. <laughs> you know, we're official too. No, that hang out like you guys, you know, you guys, you come like you guys. So, what I'm saying is, this becomes contagious. So, if what we do and who we are, you know, if God uses us, He can, he can use anybody. So, with our actions, whether or not, you know, people are doing what they gotta do, I feel like I agree. one way or another it makes a difference. I agree. It's about our actions. I agree. Know, not just what we say, you it's know. What we do. The Bible says mm-hmm. um they're looking at us and that's not far from me. Mm-hmm. You know, I pray that, that that's never us, you know? Yeah. Because people can people can feel that. They they can see that, you know? They can tell when something's not right. So if your heart is not filled with love, you can't Hospitality, like wherever you go, if you go to a restaurant or anything like that, from the way that the waiter or the waitress acts, you already you already know whether or not you're giving tips. That's right. So if uh, if you see you know these Christians trying to come up and and, and, and um, give you a flyer, but they don't even know that you're gonna read the flyer, or they don't even they don't even sound like they care enough that you want the flyer, you know, <clears throat> will they want to receive it? Will they want to? Um, accept who you serve. If that person really serves who they say they serve. That's true. 
So, you know, at the end of the day, like, we mm-hmm. are the examples. We are Love the living example. testimony. Yeah. This is why I've, all, I've always prayed to God. I was like, God, give me a grand testimony that, that can change the life of somebody who didn't know you, whether or not they're in the church or not. There's so many people in the church who still don't know God. None. That's one of the reasons why I started putting my sermons and doing this live prayer online. Like they do really touch people. Yeah. Like, like even when you think they don't. Like I remember the other day, well, you see one that they Saturday yeah, yeah, yeah. one to me, but that's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say that one right now. But there was one where I was talking about how when I was in college, I failed biology three times. I'm three times. And then I got an F twice, I got a D one time, and then I finally got a C. My God. And if I was to give up, even after the first, second, or third time, mm-hmm. I would have never become the person I am today, you know? Like, I would have never gotten all these accomplishments and got these jobs and get to meet the people that, like, mm-hmm. I met yeah. or even be the inspiration that I am to, to like, all these people. It's because, like, I, I trust in God and I think, even right now, God's working on a bigger testimony for me right now. Mm-hmm. I can't reveal it at the moment, but God is good. I think God always works. And I always, put myself in a vulnerable situation in order to lift other people up. Even though like I know like I'm putting a lot of myself out there, I know what I could put out to save at least one person. And it's only up until recently that people come up to me like, I watch one of your videos, I watch one of your sermons, so it meant a lot to me. I'm gonna share it with this person, I'm gonna share it with that person. And it's like I'm like, wow, like I feel like God's ministry, you know? That's like, like trusting the people and telling them the real word based on the life that you live and acknowledging that it wasn't you that did it on your own, that there was a, a bigger power, you know? A higher power. That and if it wasn't for that higher power, you wouldn't be here. Well, see that made us and not us and ourselves. A lot of people, they give themselves too much credit. Like, yeah, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. And they forget to give credit to God. And you you have to ask the Holy Spirit that's in all of us. Remember, we were just dirt until we finished dirt in us and we got some our lungs. And at any given day, we could return back to dirt. Mm-hmm. That's me, I humble ourselves. Did anybody comment on that one? Um, no. I think I said somebody commented. Here's something. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a while ago. Yeah, I, don't I, don't think think it, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know why that's pretty difficult. Um, yeah. yeah, I think. Here, even at this moment of time, it gives us a safe place to talk, you know? Church has become too filled with politics and people asking personal agendas that they've lost the anchor. They lost, they, they lost the essence of what the actually supposed to be. Yeah. And I feel like that's hurting us the most. Yeah. I guess you think. Um, about what the people see, mm-hmm. Yeah, like what do you think? Okay. Wow. Like, like church has always been a place to breed leaders. I think a lot of people miss that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Matt Turner, Martin Luther King, Reverend Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, you know, these are people that started in the church. Mm-hmm. And like their movement grew. Whereas like I just can't save just these people inside of this one building. Mm-hmm. There's a whole world down here. Mm-hmm. This this world needs to hear what I have to say. Mm-hmm. And they took their message to the world. Mm-hmm. And you see the impact that they left on the world even after their death. I feel like in our generation right now, there's no one that's doing that. Well, listen, we can start doing that. What we yeah. doing right now, yeah. we can start doing that on a large scale. You said, you we said that, that. Um, church breeds leaders. So, like you said, you could do on a large scale. Earlier you said that in your church, um, you assign people positions, yeah. and they they're the you know they're the ones who are in charge. You know they they know what they gotta do. Yeah. So that's breeding a leader. Of course. So you, whether or not you know you realize what's going on, pathfinders breeds leaders. Yeah. You know, um, um, just giving somebody a position to help them become a leader. No matter what the position is, it's a position. So they know that they gotta be there at this certain time to do this certain thing. So by just starting. Starting off small, it brings something greater. You know what I realized? I had so many jobs I waited. But standing sitting here right now, every last one of those jobs has given me an, a, a, a characteristic that I can use now. I, I realized I used to work in retail, I used to work in 721, I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um 
I have great customer service. I know how to treat people. I work I work in, in um, um, the medical field now and, and I know how to treat people. I've been through things so I know how I'm supposed to go through things. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it's just There's like the story in the Bible about balance. Like the guy that had the five thousand three on the ten, the one that had three on the six, the one that had the one who buried it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like us. I need to it's like I said, God is the master architect. There's nothing in your life that was done or happened by mistake. Mm-hmm. So you take all those jobs, all of those jobs gave you a skill. Mm-hmm. And from that skill you create a talent. And from that talent it means you the person that you are mm-hmm. and the strength of your spirit to be the Christian that you are. Mm-hmm. You understand? Know so it's something mold you into the woman that you are. Eventually you're going to be a mother, you're going to have children, and then you're going to instill those talents into the child. It's, it's not by mistake. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, but this this is why I also feel, you know, why we go through what we go through in church. We have our ups and downs in church too, but that is another way to strengthen us. You know, people will put you down wherever you go. You're going to have haters everywhere. You may have to tell them hello. You gotta tell them thank you, you know, because they're one of the reasons why you're still growing. Mm-hmm. You, you know, okay. so. It's like for fun for being a hater to your problems. You know, so, I mean, seriously, if you really don't have haters, you need to you need to figure out what are you doing now. So. Because you are doing something wrong. It's nobody's asking you. If Satan's not attacking you. Because Satan is just another. It's like a displaced emotion. It's like that person loves you, but it's like, damn, they love you so much. They, really they want to beat you, you, or they wish they were you, or whatever. I don't know about the struggle, what it took to be you. Maybe it's the head that carries the child. My God. You know, uh, we, we tend to forget, but I, I would always thank God for the struggles. Trust me, I don't like struggles, but during the struggle, you have to think of because that's the only way that you can do it, you know. But I think it makes you stronger, everything like you need cope. So, um, honestly, I've learned that time and time again in every aspect in life. I realize that I've seen it in the life of others. That's such a new time. Okay, to wrap it up, guys, like, what's the final word that we can give these people today from everything that we said? It's a commode thing. Man, God is good all the time. All the time, God is even greater. And let us start a movement. Let's start a movement. Let's really make an impact in our community. That's the reason why we came today. Um, I made the announcement. I'm going to be working with this amazing brother right here. We're starting having a diaper drive. We're going to give over 10,000 boxes of pampers to everywhere, to every ball starting first. And we want to be able to inspire you guys to join our movement to really touch the lives of people. We want to start in Brooklyn first. So I'm looking forward for that to ministry. And um, let's start a movement and let us show the love of God through action. That's what I got from the whole conversation today, tonight. No more. Um, not just like that. I feel like you know. You have to remember that everything also does start with us. No matter what problems are going on in the world. If we don't see that there's a need for change and we don't start that change within ourselves, then how can others change? Yeah. Why should we expect anything different from anybody, anybody else that's going to, to be different ourselves? That's true. Um, Did you say the same thing you want to say? Yeah. That's true. You know, you just learn. You, I feel like it, it, it's a lot of remembering. You gotta remember why things are the way they are. And just know how to change that. Why do we need to change that? And how can we bring souls to Christ? Um, yeah, but uh, oh, and I also asked you for more French Asian Federation. Yeah, yeah. The rally day is June 17th. How about? <laughs> and the night before is Vesper. I so. It's a yeah. and we have outreach that the the afternoon of June seventeenth. With so, Um, yes, with So if you guys need to be, just I don't know, comment or send a message to a card, myself or Sandra, any one of us. That's good. My final word is simple: just be true to yourself, love those 
around you. That was quite his message, very simple, just show love, you know? <coughs> he said that the greatest sacrifice that you can do is to give your life to save the life of someone else. So that I can use the life. In your life, but if you could <laughs> help someone and it won't be uh, disadvantaged or it might, or if it's not a burden onto you, then please assist the person next to you because then that person will carry on that same message to the rest to someone else and then that's the rest of the world. I feel like we now live in a society where we all scared. Mm -hmm. You know, we're scared to do the right thing, we're scared to believe in God, and we're scared to, I guess help one another, just be good and show love. I feel like we need to change that rhetoric. We need to be more leaders instead of followers. We need to be able to show love and we need to carry on the myth of Christ. We need to stand up and stand together, you know? Get stress within the people and stress within numbers. And if we're all aiming towards a positive goal and we're trying to accomplish something good, we're going to be great. Um, I think Brother Kamo, specific that, cameraman, for being here with us today on our very first episode. Um, whoever wants to be on any episode coming forward or going forward, just contact me. Um, you can always email me at raycard, R-A-Y-C-A-R-D, one two B as in boy, at yahoo.com. Or you can hit me up on Facebook, let me know if you want to be on the show. We're going to try to incorporate different people with different point of views. The more people that come along, the more they participate, how they feel, how they feel about Christ, how they feel about life. The impact that Christ has done in their life and what they're doing within their community, anything that they want to do, and then we can create a movement because that's the whole point, you know? The more people that's involved, the bigger that this thing could get. And it's up to the people, you know? And I believe in the people. So that's it to wrap it up. We thank you for watching. Um, please share, tag a friend, and we'll continue next week, Monday, same time, 7 30, 6.